out. So I'm not exactly like he was, but um, what we're going to talk about is worth shouting about, and it's worth it's worth jumping up and down about because it is yet to take place, and it's going to take place, and those of us who are born again are going to take part in it. So you figure that one out, what we're going to talk about probably. But I'm just going to read some verses. And um, I was going through different things, and I was really trying to get notes down to detail. And then I was, again, driving myself nuts doing it. And I said, I'm not going to go through that. Um, I, I latched on to this. You know, you're going uh, – there hasn't been any any period of time in in uh, – in the, in the life of humankind, uh, where there haven't there hasn't been trouble, you know there there there's always been things going on in people's lives, whatever century or whatever that uh, folks have lived in. There's always been troubles and heartaches and sorrows and challenges and temptations and everything that we've gone through from the very beginning since. You know, Adam and Eve were removed from the garden, and and those things have a tendency to bring us down, uh, to uh, burden us, to to make us sorrowful, and may you know even crabby and grouchy and grumpy, and 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 we lose sight of what's down the road. Sometimes we're just so focused on what's going on right now, which is okay to take care of business. You know now, but in those times, it's good to to go to the scriptures and just you know read and just let God show you and let let Him remind you of what's down the road. So our first verse, we're going to be looking in Acts and then First uh, Thessalonians and First Corinthians. So if you want to turn to Acts one uh, and starting. Um, well, we're going to emphasize in 9 through 11, but we're, we, we need to back up to 8 like Brother Boer says. <laughs> let's, let's back up to number 8. But Acts 1, we'll start in verse 8 because that kind of gives you an idea of a little bit about what's going on here. So anyway, Acts 1, 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto, unto the uttermost part of the earth. And then it goes on. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which, said, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go up or seen him go into heaven. Now, that's, a, that's, that's just a beginning. That's an idea. That's a start, a starting place of where they... At this particular time, after Christ's resurrection and after he had spent some time with them, after his resurrection, uh, this 
event took place. And some people were privy to experience that actual event and watch our Lord ascend back up into heaven, into the clouds. And one day, as we see here, one day, it's going to happen, but only in reverse. He's going to come down. And then we get to go with Him. But as we jump over now, I know that's worth jumping and shouting about. Uh, and inside, most of us probably do that. We don't, we don't do a little dance like David did maybe. I'm not sure what that dance was. I don't know if he actually did a boot scoot boogie thing or just, I don't think so. But <laughs> I think he just kind of jumped up and down and shouted and was really excited. I don't think he did a twist or anything like that or... I think he was jumping up and down. He was excited. And, you know, it looked to someone who was watching him, it looked as though he was dancing, I guess, and being inappropriate in his actions. Um, So, but anyway, I know a lot of times inside of me, I'm shouting and jumping and screaming and hollering. And sometimes at home, whenever I try to prepare for something, if I'm by myself, I'll shout. But I can't seem to always. I can't seem to do it here. I, I don't know if my fear of being embarrassing, my, you know, embarrassing myself or something. But you sometimes, I mean, you know, it's going to take place because God says it's going to take place. And what an experience! You know, I often say, most people, most people probably say, well, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm not afraid of dying because I know where I'm going to go. It's just the vehicle that's going to, you know, get me there, you know. Uh, a lot of people say, I hope I can just fall asleep, you know, and die and be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, that would be great, too, just to go to sleep and wake up with the Lord. That would be awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, we get excited about different things and, and uh we, we know that the Lord is coming back. We know that. And we need to hang on to that. Today, um, times are crazy. Uh, all you have to do is, you know, maybe get on the TV, get on the news, uh, open your phone up. Uh, we, I don't, we don't get regular TV at the house, so any news that we watch, I usually get on my phone, and, and I'm, I subscribe to the Epic Times and and I feel like through them I get more accurate, truthful news. <laughs> uh, but it never fails. Every day there's just something crazy that's going on uh, in our world, in our country, with situations. And it just makes you wonder, you know, you know it has to begin somewhere, sometime. The start of things that the Bible talks about, the, the, the change when... Right is going to be wrong, and wrong is going to be right. And, and, and even some of the things that, that we're seeing today uh, give us the impression, a very strong impression, that we are not very far away you know, from things happening that the Bible talks about. We're not very far away. But again, as Brother Boo and other pastors, preachers have said, it could be another hundred years. That's nothing to God, but that's a, that's a, a century to us. And to most of us, we won't live that long. 
but it's very close. And, and today you can, you can just see things changing day by day by day. Whereas years back, it, it, it took some time for change to be made. For one thing, we didn't have the Internet. You know, I, I grew up without that stuff. You didn't have that immediate access to what's going on all over the world. You had to wait a while to get the news. So we're being bombarded constantly, as you all know, with, with everything going on. And it gets depressing. It, it, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, it makes you angry. It, it makes me angry. But at the same time, it's like it's all in God's hands. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to begin somewhere, the beginning of the end, you know. And, you know, and then the beginning, you know, it's going to, it has to start. If it has to start with us in our lifetime, then so be it. But I'm not going to get, definitely I'm not going to get political and start talking about the things, but you know what I'm talking about. But in, <clears throat> let's see what I do here. Well, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> and we'll we'll jump over to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, starting 51. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and we'll read a, we'll read a few verses there. Uh, it says, "Behold, I show you a mystery." We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, we're not all going to die. Now, I might die. I'm 67 years old. I might die before the Lord makes appearance, before things, you know, I may physically die and, and, and go on to be with the Lord, or I may be alive when it happens. It says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, no matter what. We're all going to be changed. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. We have the final victory over death, folks. 54 says, For when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the victory. 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What we do here is not in vain. It's not for nothing. It has, it has a reason. It has a purpose. It has a cause. It has an end result. However you witness to somebody, whether it's a track or, or a verbal witness, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't go unheeded. If that person reads that track or if they 
that person listens to you and hears the verses that you give them from Scripture. That is ammunition that the Holy Spirit uses. He doesn't use what you and I say as far as our own philosophy of things, our own idea of things, and you know that. He uses the Word of God. That's where the power is. That's where the conviction comes in a person's life. That's where the change comes in their heart, and then a change comes in their mind, and the change comes you know, in the body and the outward expression. Those changes start from the seed being planted, the Word of God being planted. So, we can rejoice that we're saved, and we can rejoice and shout and, and jump up and down that we're saved and that one day we are going to you know, be taken up with the Lord, and that is, that is great. But don't get discouraged because maybe you're out there witnessing, knocking on doors, and, and telling people about the Lord, and they act like they're not interested, or that, you know, they don't care, or they keep putting off, putting off, and putting off. I don't think, I hope I don't, I don't think I'll ever forget the story that Brother Brewer said here about the young man that was in the hospital. Uh, his wife couldn't see him, I believe. I don't think he had COVID or some complications of COVID, so I'm not sure. But he was an atheist and, and, and professed not to believe in God and had one, didn't have, want to have anything to do with it, didn't want anybody talking to him. And he was in the hospital, very sick. And he made contact over the phone with his wife, and he told her, her assuming that he was still of the same mind, an atheist, that he told her that he trusted Christ. And if I remember the story correctly, she thought that maybe he was kidding with her, that maybe making a joke of it. So you know, she asked him, you know, are you kidding me? Are you, you know, just telling me this? And he said, no. I think he said that he was just sitting there, laying there in bed, enjoying the experience of being saved. And the next day, he died. That's how close he came. And his family never gave up on him. They did their best to be a witness to him to the very, very end. And it so much reminds me of the man on the cross, the thief on the cross that trusted Christ. He was a breath away, you know. Look at it that way, breath, a breath away. The other one, same scenario with Christ on the cross dying. He knew he was going to die, both of them. The one made the decision to trust Christ, and he made the right decision. The other one, for whatever reason, he chose not to. So there are those times where you just keep trying and trying. You just keep putting the word out, putting the word out, and keep sharing Christ, keep sharing Christ no matter what. And you never know. One day, that person you're talking to may let you know that they trusted Christ. And they will experience what we're reading about here with you, unless one of the other passes first. But they'll experience that. They will get to be a part of that new life, that new resurrection, that new body. I will be glad. (laughs) I will be glad to have the new body. Uh, I'm getting tired of this one. But... I got to thinking the other day, 
And, you know, because, you know, you think about these things. And I got to thinking, uh, and I, I shared it with the guys. I think it was Monday evening. Some of us have a, a Bible study uh, downstairs Monday evenings. usually starts at 6.30, and it ends, it ends whenever. Usually it goes to 9 o'clock, believe it or not. And, and we, we, have a, we have a set curriculum. And, and I think Brother Kenny said they've been doing this for three months, and I've been a part of almost part of that for three months. I, I missed, I think, the very beginning of it. But we're just now, see, we, we, we were going to be talking, we are talking in the Gospel of John. And we just, Kenny said, you know, he said it's been three months, and we're just now at the end of chapter 2. Because you have no idea the things that God has showed us and brought out. And we, we, we look over certain verses through the week. We come back on Monday and what did God show us? And we share that and we talk about it and we ask it back and forth. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of rabbit chasing, you know, from hole to hole and here to there, you know, and around. And, uh, but it's good. It's all, it's all connected because God shows you something in those verses and, and then he jumps you over, he takes you somewhere else, maybe in the Old Testament or elsewhere, and he opens that up more for you. Or we take the time, if somebody doesn't really understand what's being said here, then we take the time to talk about that, to share that. And we're excited about that. And <laughs> we, uh, like I said, we, 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 chase some, we chase some rabbits and we, we get excited about that. And, and uh, excuse me. It's a, it's a good time that, that we have together, but uh, I went blank. I was going to tell you something that I told them. I forgot what it was. I was thinking so much about Monday night. We had, we had a good time. We got out at 9 o'clock. And I was like, man. Anyway, if I think of it, I'll let you know. Huh? That shows you, see, I'm, I'm, I'm getting 67. I'm getting there, you know. Uh, but anyway, back to this week. You know, I, I wish I could. I wish I could uh, be like some of these guys I've seen, just run up and down the aisle and shout and jump, and, and maybe one day God will put that in me and I'll, I'll do it. And uh, you'll be more embarrassed for me than I will be for myself, but that will be okay. But there will be victory. There will be victory over death. There will be victory over sin. There will be victory over these bodies that just can't go anymore like they used to go. They, they can't, you know, the minds can't comprehend like we used to. You know, it's because age, it's because of physical things that are going on. Those things happen. And they, they bring discouragement. They, they, you know, they, can, they make you angry because you can't be a part of things that you want to be a part of or do. Or you can do a little bit, but then that's it. You're done. You do a little bit, and you're done. You know? Some of you young people, you've got... Well, there's a few young people. <laughs> you've got, you know, all that energy and everything tied up, and, and you, you need to release it, and you're able to do that. And we wish we were your age again sometimes. But this is going to be an exciting time for us, all of us. We're... we're you know, we won't have... We'll be like the gentleman, that brother Boer. I can't think of his name now. Um, the, the gentleman that was jumping up down on his bed 
practicing for the, you know, practicing for when Christ comes back. We could do that. We can get on our beds, or we can jump off our beds and, and and see what happens. I don't know. Practice, practice, practice. One day it's going to happen. But it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm not. I'm not. I know I'm not making it sound exciting. I know I'm. I'm dulling it down. But it's exciting when you really get by yourself along with God and you read this. And when you've got things going on and your mind is just a wreck and you read these and you think, thank God, thank God, it, you know, it's going to come to an end one day. I'm going to be, it's going to be better than this. I'm going to be able to experience perfection. You ever, you ever think about what perfection is? I mean, that, to me, that blows my mind. What is perfection? I mean, it's not, it's not being tired. It's not being angry. It's not being depressed. It's not having a wrong attitude. You know, it's so many things that we cannot fathom. We just cannot understand because we can't experience perfection. But yet we are admonished to pursue that in Scripture. You know, Christ is our example. Christ was all God. Christ was all man. He lived in the fleshly body. He experienced the temptations that we experience. But as we all know, he endured that. He overcame that. And he overcame it with the Word of God. We, we have that experience of him when he was tempted of Satan. He used the Word of God against Satan. And that's, see, that's our weapons of warfare, this book, these words. That's our weapon. That's our sword against those things. And when we get depressed... He doesn't want us to go. Satan doesn't want us to go here to these places and, and be able to see and know and understand and believe that it's not always going to be the way it is in our life. It's, we're going to experience perfection. We're going to experience the presence of our Lord face to face for all eternity. And that is something that I am waiting for myself. First Thessalonians... Uh, 4, verses 13 through 18, are a part of this. And you probably are all familiar with these. I have them marked in my Bible. I'm sure you've got them marked in yours, or at least you know. Uh, we've all heard these verses. We've read them. We've heard them preached on. But, again, they're encouragement. Uh, we are going to be drawn out of here one day. And as we start to read in, what did I say, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words.
That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to comfort one another with these words. We're not supposed to take something we've gotten out of some other book and, uh, you know, some psychology class that we've taken, you know, or, you know, we've listened to a, a psychiatrist or any of these people that try and help you mentally to get through life. Well, nothing can help you better than this. But the first thing that a person needs to do is, it, is it get themselves right with God. You know, they need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then they need to get in this book and read and study it and at least make the effort, the attempt to understand what is being said here, what the, what the promise that we have here, that we can hang on to this. This is what we hang This is our hope. Those who are lost have no hope. It is the saddest thing to experience that when you're with someone who has no hope like this. My brother recently lost his wife. And it, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. They, uh, they were married seven years. They were together, I don't know how many years before that. Um, he said, I'm not, I'm not mad at God. He said, I'm jealous. He said, I wanted to spend more time with her. Now, they both profess salvation. Uh, she professed salvation. She knew where she was going. Uh, my brother, has, he professes salvation, knows where he's going. We talk about it. Um, I go up and visit him. But one of the things he said, he said, Kevin, he said, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't see how people can cope with something this devastating in their life without God. And I said, I, I don't either. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I said, they have no hope. It's, it's empty. A lot of them, and not to say that Christian people don't end up maybe experiencing the same thing, but a lot of people just end up blaming and hating God for it, even though they may not believe in God. But it's a, it's a place where they can vent. They blame God or whatever, whoever they want to call them. And he just, he says that over to me over and over. It's like every time we get together, he, he'll be maybe talking to some other people or something or, and, uh, or hear stories or whatever about people losing and you know, a loved one. And they express no faith, no belief in God, uh, none of that. And he, he said, I just, you know, and they're a wreck. They're an emotional, mental wreck because they, they have no anchor. They have nowhere to go to to get comfort. And, and I remember one time he and I were on the phone. <laughs> and uh, whew, it was hard. It was a hard conversation because we both broke down. And I took him to some verses. And I, I, I took him to where, you know, when David lost his son. But David knew that one day he knew his son could not come to him. But he knew one day that he would go to his son. And I told Matthew, I said, just, you know, hang on to that too. I said, you know that she can't come back to you. God's got her. That gives you comfort. But also take comfort in knowing the fact that one day you will see her again in glory. You'll both be there together. Not as man and wife, obviously. But you'll be there together. You'll, you know, and you can... Excuse me. You can hang on to that. You can find comfort in that. But a lot of people don't have that comfort. 
They don't have the comfort of knowing where they're going to go when they die. People don't care. Many, we've talked to many people knocking on doors and asked them, if you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Do you know? Do you understand? No, I don't care. You know, they don't care. They don't, when you die, you die. They don't care about none of this. And it's sad. It's sad. You know, and you don't know, the only thing you can do is give Scripture, if they'll let you give Scripture. But other than that, there's nothing you can say or do. And if they don't want to hear it, the, all you can do is leave them with the track and then leave. And, 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 and hope and pray that, that God will use that track to get their attention so that they'll have that hope. So that one day they'll be able to, be, be able to experience what we're being told here in Scripture that we're going to, we're going to if, no matter how, when, where, whatever, we die. You know, if you're born again, you're going to be in the presence of God. You're going to be with your Savior, the one that you believed in and trusted with your soul, with your life. And so, I know this wasn't exhaustive. I know this wasn't the best message on this. You know, I've heard other preachers talk about it, and I've heard preachers, I mean, you know, they're pulpit beaters and shouters and everything, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, I know that inside me, I'm excited. Inside me, I'm happy that I thank God that back there in Walmart and DeSoto, back there in the 70s, I didn't say no. I didn't walk out. I didn't say let me think about it. I'll get back with you. I didn't. I, I, when it was presented to me, I jumped on it because I was looking. I mean, God was dealing with me, and I was ready, and I, I took the free gift. You know, I didn't think about it. I didn't have to. I was ready. And I'm, I thank God every day that that young man took the time to witness to me, took the time in a busy, in a store in a Walmart store, took the time to talk to me about Christ. And we didn't, I mean, when I was listening and hearing, everything was kind of tuned out. I only remember one thing, a lady walking past me at one time. That's all I remember about anybody being, but it was just like focus. There was nothing else interfering. I, we, were, we were focused. And... And when the opportunity gave, came to trust him, I trusted him. And I thank God for that. And I hope every day you thank God for that. We, uh, I don't know where I'd be. I, I, I may not even be, you know, alive today. I mean, they were like, like you all know, I mean, the things, there were things going on that, you know, just, you know, could have put me really, really, really in the wrong path. I was in the wrong path anyway, but it really could have took me, you know, down the wrong path. But thank God that I can come to this as a child of God. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up, and we have things to be thankful for. And I'll be honest with you, I was going to try and talk to you about, you know, things to be thankful for. And you can name a million things to be thankful for. But I am thankful for three things. And actually, they're not things. They're, they're persons. I think I'm thankful for God the Father. 
thankful for God the Son, and I'm thankful for God the Holy Spirit, because those three persons make up my God, and those three persons deal with me individually, but as a whole, collectively, but they deal with me individually. Christ is my friend. He's not only my Lord and Savior. He's my friend. Scripture tells me that He is praying for me right now. He's praying for you. God is my Father. I can go to Him anytime. I can go into the Holy of Holies anytime I need to or want to through Christ, through His shed blood, and I can be in the presence of God the Father, you know, and I can pour out my petitions. I can just pour out everything. I can ask. As a child comes to their, their father, I can ask for things, you know, and, and, and God will provide. The Holy Spirit, he, you know, he's, he is my guide. He's my teacher. You know, he directs me and shows me things. And if I ask him, if I ask him, and sometimes we fail to talk to the Holy Spirit. We always talk about talking to God or talking to Jesus. But we fail to address the Holy Spirit a lot of times. He's our teacher. Can you not, in your prayer, say, Holy Spirit, will you teach me what I'm supposed to know and what I'm supposed to learn? Will you show me in Scripture? The Bible says that He will open our understanding. He will open our understanding and give us the understanding of the knowledge that we are so freely being given here. Because you can have the knowledge but not have the understanding of it. Okay, I think Brother Brewer, I think Brother Brewer, somebody talked about that not too long ago. You can have the knowledge of things, but yet not understand the knowledge that you have. Not understand how to use it, how to apply it or anything. So, I am thankful for those three persons in my life. Because they make up my spiritual life. They make up the foundation. And I can go to those three and have my needs met, whatever those needs might be. One last thing I'll leave you with. We're talking about this. Maybe one, you know, not maybe, but one day we're going to be either we're going to physically die and go be with the Lord or we're going to be taken up with the Lord when he comes back to, to retake us. But we're going through things now. We're going through things now. That's, this is what I was going to I share with those guys Monday night. We have things going on in our life, and a lot of you know, those things may be physical things that, that, that try to pull us away from, from God and our time spent with Him. And, and they bring us down, and they take our joy away from us sometimes. And I told those guys, I said, you know what? I said, there's times where I don't, I don't have joy. (laughs) I don't have joy in what I'm experiencing. I don't. But I do know this. I can have the joy if I go to the Lord and ask for the joy. But I also know this too. No matter what we're going through, whatever is in our life, understand this. It's there for a reason. It's there for a purpose. And in the end, God will get the glory. And that's what's important, that he gets the glory. 
it's important that we go through it with his help, with his grace and mercy. It's important that we submit to him. It's important that we, you know, praise him and glorify him and, 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 and you know, give him our love, give him our service. But let's not try and rob him of the glory by not allowing him to use what's going on in our life to show us, to teach us, to work through us to reach other people, maybe. And just like we, we talked about Miss June, and we laid hands on her uh, this week and, and prayed for her, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. She doesn't know what's going to happen. But she is doing her best with God's help, with His grace and mercy, to accept it, to find joy in it, and she gets joy by coming here, being with, with us, being around us. But if ever possible, Lord willing, she gets to play the, the organ again or the piano. You know, that's her joy. That's her participation. And I know that that, that bothers her that she can't do it. But she understands that what she's going through, God has put it in her life for a reason. And it may be, the reason may be, is for us to be a witness to those around us. And as we see, as we see her here and we see her smiling and, and how she's dealing with this and accepting it, it's a witness to people. And, it, you know, it's helpful. It's comforting, you know, for us to know that. So take this, what, what, you know, what you've gotten from it, a little bit, a lot, I don't know. But I know I, I do know this. You know, not everything is is fireworks. You know, uh, some, God works in, in sometimes just a quiet way. Uh, a lot of times, God, He's just a, a, a voice, a whisper, speaking to you, uh, sharing with you, telling you He loves you, telling you not to give up, not to quit, telling you that He's there, will always be there. Okay, it's not always. Jumping up and down, shouting, screaming, hollering. We're not always on the mountaintop. Most of our lives, the, the days that we spend here, we're going to go through a lot of valleys. We all know that. You know, we're going to go through a lot of valleys. But, but this is where we need to be at when we're in the valley. We need to be here realizing in the end, you know, there is a light. In the end, there is hope. We have that hope where others don't have that hope. So try and share that hope maybe with someone that, that you can. And if they're receptive, then fine. Great. Praise the Lord. If not, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Because a lot of, lot of people who have trusted Christ later, you know, they can go back and, and tell you things. I heard about it here. This person talked to me or this happened, whatever. You know, different things that have brought them to that moment when they finally did trust Christ. So just keep that in mind, and I'll let you go. We'll pray. And don't forget that if you want to stay, just if you stay five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you want to do, pray for these some of these things here. If you've got your own burden that you need to come to the Lord with, then so be it. You know, stay there in the chair. You can come up here, whatever you want to do. That's you between you and God. But 
I do pray that you will, uh, well, let's just pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the time. And uh, thank you, Lord, so much for our church family. Uh, Lord, that we can come together. We can worship you freely. And, uh, Lord, to be able to get into your word and, and know these, these verses are here for us. They're for everybody. Those that want to trust Christ, they're, they're here for them. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, you just give us, Lord, a good week. Lord, lift us up in your word. Help us to be an encouragement to those around us. And, uh, uh, Lord, uh, just maybe we need to be the strength for someone who is uh, weak this week, has fallen down. Maybe, Lord, we need to help lift them up. So I pray, God, that you give us the opportunity to be a witness uh, to those around us, how, however that witness is. And I just pray, God, that you would be glorified in all of it. We do pray, God, for our prayer requests to be lifted up to you. I just pray, God, that you would meet the needs according to uh, your purposes, according to your will. I pray, God, that you would just bless everyone this week, keep them safe, bring us back, Lord, uh, uh, Sunday. And I pray, God, you'd be with our pastor. I pray, Lord, that you would touch and heal. Um, And, Lord, uh, give him quick recovery and uh, a good week the rest of this week. Bring him here, I pray, Sunday to to be part of our service. And uh, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.